This message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia. This is the next message in our series on the book of John, entitled, Jesus is God. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to John chapter uh, 13. John chapter 13, if you would, and we'll go down to verse 31. John chapter 13. And today, in case you haven't gathered from the music, we're going to talk about this. Give him the glory. Give him the glory. In John chapter 13 and verse 31, the Bible says, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. I don't know if you can gather what the central word of those verses is, but it says glorified, 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 glorify, glorify. How many of you think it might be about he gets the glory, say amen. He gets the glory, say amen. Judas has finally stepped out of the room. Now the true disciples are sitting there, and that's when he starts talking. In just a few hours, Jesus is going to be on the cross. This is a climax of his earthly life. This is what he came to do. Five times in two verses, he uses some form of the word glory. The whole book of John is about one thing, glorify the name of Jesus. Glorify the God of heaven. His death will not be an accident. It's a purposeful event to bring glory to God. Now, can you imagine the glory that all the saved will give him when we fully realize what he saved us from and what he saved us to. Today, you may glorify him. And today, you may be excited about what a great God he is. But someday, when you see heaven, and someday, when you see what could have been your life, when you see at the great white throne as we stand with him, as the lost of all the ages are judged, and we see them cast into hell, and we see us taken to heaven, we're all going to be going, oh God, you are wonderful. Oh God, glory to you. We magnify your name. You are worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all honor. It is a book about glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything in the Bible and world history hinges around the event that's about to take place. The death of God in human flesh on a cruel Roman cross. So if you would, three things out of these verses you might jot down. Number one, Jesus is glorified on the cross. Jesus is glorified on the cross. Read with me verse 31 again. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. I really think the devil and the world thought that the opposite was happening. They would have told you, we have whipped him, we have humiliated him, we have, we have mocked him and made fun of him, we've hung him naked on a cross, he is beaten and he is wounded and he is hurt and he is dead, and we have won. But God in heaven was saying, you don't even know what's going on, big boy. I am proving how great I am. I am proving how great my son is. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus. Jesus, you delivered him up and you denied him in the presence of Pilate, which was was determined to let him go. But our God has glorified him. How did he glorify him? Would you just think of a few ways that Jesus was glorified that day on the cross? And you might write down a few of them. Number one, our sin debt was satisfied. Our sin debt was satisfied. He canceled our debt and he nailed it to the cross. Colossians 2.14 says, 
blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he took it out of the way, and he nailed it to his cross. Now, I went visiting in Cartersville, Georgia one day, and it was a Saturday, and I was out knocking on doors and had a list of all these people that I always visit, and I pulled up in front of the guy's house, and I was so excited for them because the furniture truck was parked right outside their house, and I knew they must be getting all new furniture. So I walked up on the steps, walked in the house, said, hey, congratulations. They said, congratulations, nothing. They're not delivering. They're picking up. They're taking our stuff away. And you know, sometimes being in debt might be a tad embarrassing. Say amen. Sometimes when they come get your stuff, you might not want everybody to know it. And you and I were in debt. We were in debt and we deserved to go to hell. But guess what the God of all glory did? He sent Jesus down. He paid our debt. And when he got through paying our debt, he said, in case anybody ever questions you about whether or not the debt's paid, I'm going to take it over and I'm going to nail it in a very public place. I'm going to nail it on my cross. And if anybody ever comes and says, you're a sinner and you deserve to go to hell, you can say my debt was paid. And if you'll go check it out on that cross, it's nailed up there, canceled and paid for by Jesus. That's glory to God. Can you say amen right there? That is glory to God. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14. But this is, hey, it's going to get better. The glory to him on the cross. Look if you would at Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 through 22. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in, he- in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind. By wicked works yet now hath he reconciled. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. I just want you to realize what's going on in that verse. I just want you to realize what's happening to you. How many of you are born again? Can you say amen? Do you realize that means your sins have been washed away? Do you realize that means that your future sins have been washed away? Do you realize it's all been put on the cross? Do you realize you're a new creature in Jesus Christ? If you believe that, say amen. Thanks. Let me explain something to you. Let me show you what present means. Would you come here, baby? This is my wife. I'd like to introduce you to my wife. This has been the most beautiful, wonderful friend I've ever had. I've enjoyed having her as my wife. I've enjoyed having her as my friend. I want you to meet Betty. Betty has been the greatest, sweetest lady in the world. And if you'd like, if you're glad she's such a wonderful woman, say amen. How about a round of applause for my beautiful wife? Thank you. Now, I want to show you something. Stand up here. This is a thief. He is a liar. He deserves to go to hell. He has, have you ever stolen anything? Come on. Come on. Tell the truth. All right. Uh Uh-huh. Have you ever lied? Yeah. Are you lying now? No. No. (laughs) Okay. Have you ever looked at a woman and think a lustful thought in your head? (laughs) Oh, you are an enemy of God. Get out of here. You deserve to go to hell. But here's what Jesus did. He came down and he paid his debt. And he went over and said, I want to reconcile you to the Father. And then he said, come with me, buddy. And he takes him up into heaven according to the Bible. Read that last verse. And it says, he says, I want to introduce to you all the people in heaven. I want all the angels to know him. This is Ed. This is Ed. He is holy. 
He is unblameable. Not a one of you can say one negative thing about him. He's unblameable and he is unreprovable. You might have something to say, but I'll tell you in the sight of God, our father, this young man is perfect under the blood of Jesus Christ. Glory to God on the cross who took a sinful man like Ed and a sinful man like me and changed it all. Can you say amen right there? There's glory to God on the cross. Thank you. There's glory to God on the cross. And by the way, everything I said about him was true of all the rest of us. Some of you men might say, well, that was embarrassing. You ask if you ever thought a lustful thing about a about a, a woman. Well, I, you know, I, I'm glad I could say that. It's a lustful thing about a man. Say amen. He did that. The power on the cross. The power on the cross. He died on the cross. Glory to God on the cross. I am who I am because of the cross. I'm going to heaven because of the cross. I've failed and I'm, I'm a scumbag worm that only deserves hell. If I got what I deserved, I'd go to hell. But Jesus died for me. And God glorified Jesus on the cross when he said he'd pay for my sins. And not for mine only, but for the sins of the whole world. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2, he proved that he loved us there. Not only did he save me from my sin, but he canceled the power of sin on the cross. Did you know the Bible makes it real clear that you're a slave to sin? Are there people in this room that would say, man, I just can't quit. I mean, it's like sin owns me and I can't get victory over it and I can't have victory over my sin and I can't change no matter how much I try. Well, that is very true about a lost man. But a born-again man, the power of sin has been canceled. We can live victorious Christian lives. And we should live victorious Christian lives. Say amen if that's true. Is it true? Amen or not? You say, well, I don't know if it is not. Well, hang on. How about a Bible verse? Read with me, if you would, Romans chapter 8 and verse 3. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we should not henceforth serve sin. Let me explain to you what happened. You see, sin owned us. We were sold into sin. And sin dominated us. And we were rebellious against God. And that was our nature to be rebellious against God. But then Jesus died on the cross. And on the day I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I received the gift he bought and paid for. New life. Divine nature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm a child of Almighty God, thanks to the cross of Jesus. On that day, Jesus turned to them and said, He's fixing to glorify me. He's putting me on the cross and He's going to glorify me. And you might not understand that, but you will. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, it said, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before Him, who for the joy set before Him, watch what I'm about to do. God glorified Jesus on the cross and he beat sin. Now you listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. Living a spiritual life, living a holy life, living a life that brings honor and glory to God is now our nature to do that. It's now our nature. We don't want to look at porn. We don't want to commit adultery. We don't want to say the dirty words. We don't want to live the life they do. We don't want to live in sin like they do because he changed us. We are new creatures in Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says you're new. You're new. And sin has no dominion over you. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. For sin shall have not, not have dominion over you. Sin will not rule over you because you're not under law, but you are under grace. 
But one of my favorite verses is found in Romans 6.19. And I wish you'd just mark four words in your Bible. Look at Romans 6.19 with me if you would. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants, to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants, to righteousness unto righteousness. Would you underline, even so now yield? Do you remember who you were before you got saved? Do you remember how you lived before you got saved? Do you remember how you frequented places of sin and you did sinful things and sin was a habit and sin was who you were and sin's how you lived? Do you remember that? Well, you know what happened on the day you got saved? He took all the power that sin had off of you and he moved it off to one side and you are a free agent to serve God. You can serve God now. Sin does not have dominion over you. But it comes down to this, even so now yield. Look in the verse, even so now yield. Do you remember how you did it when you were back in sin? And when you were back in sin and you turned on your computer and you flicked onto that pornographic site, your hand was yielded to you, your eyes were yielded to you, your heart was yielded to you, and you looked at that and you thought things you all not think. Do you remember how it was when you were drinking and your hand was yielded to you to pick up the bottle and your lips were yielded to you to open your your mouth and your throat was yielded to you and you brought the sin in? Do you remember how how you yielded yourself to that adulterous relationship, how you went to a place where you shouldn't have gone? And how you did things you shouldn't do. And you just kept saying, it's just one little thing I'm doing wrong. Just one little thing, one little step. And the next thing you know, you were right in the middle of it. Here's what he said. Now you're saved. And now you're free. And you remember how much you gave yourself to sin before? I want you to give yourself that way to Jesus now. That's what, You remember how you were? Boy, you were running from sin to sin and doing wrong after wrong. You were rebellious against God. Now you're saved. So yield yourself 100% and run towards the things of God. Just as much as you did towards the things of sin. It's amazing. It's amazing. The power of the cross is magnified in our lives when people see the great change and the work he did in us. He has canceled the power of sin. He has also canceled the power of Satan. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 through 15, For as much sin as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him, that had the power of death, and deliver them through the fear of death, who were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Let me just finish by saying this. When Jesus died, when Jesus died, he set me free. When Jesus died, he put my name on the Lamb's book of life. When Jesus died, he put me in heaven. When Jesus died, he gave me a new nature. When Jesus died, he gave me the ability and the power to live a a spiritual life and to bring honor and glory to God. In fact, as the Apostle Paul said, I'll only brag on one thing. I'll brag, I'll glory in the cross of Jesus by which I am crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me. I will only brag on that. It's the glory that God gave his son on the cross that day. That day, when everybody thought Jesus was being defeated and humiliated and beaten, the God of heaven was saying, hang on, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to show you how great my son is. I'm going to show you how great I am. I'm going to show you the trophies of my grace. And today we sit here, dozens of us that would say, we are trophies of the grace of of our good God. Can you say amen right there? How many of your trophies of his grace say amen? And by the way, death has no strength. Satan's biggest thing he had over us was dying. 
Satan's biggest thing he had over us was death. But death lost its sting. Death lost its power because Jesus died and was buried and he rose again. And when he came out, he had the keys of death and hell hanging on his belt. Jesus, Jesus on the cross was glorified by the Father. Jesus glorified on the cross. Secondly, God was glorified in Jesus on the cross. Look, if you would, at John 13, 31. He didn't just glorify Jesus. He glorified himself. Look at verse 31. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified. That's Jesus. And God is glorified in him. Now watch this. He said, I'm going to glorify Jesus. And we, I mean, there's a whole lot more you could say, but he glorified Jesus. And then he said, and I'm going to glorify myself while I'm at it. I'm going to make much of the God of heaven while I'm at it. Well, he did that because death appears to be the end. But not when God's involved. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 15, the Bible says that he killed the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. In Acts 4.10, God raised him from the dead. It is Jesus glorifying God. Let me just give you some ways that he did that. Number one, he showed his justice on the cross. He showed his justice on the cross. You need to know that the wages of sin is death. Everybody in this room needs to know that. Whenever you talk about how good Jesus was, how he died on the cross, and how he loves people, and how he died for everybody, you could easily in this room begin to think universalism. Or in other words, that everybody will all get saved someday because Jesus is so good. Not true. The grace of God does have its limits. Not that he couldn't, but he won't. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Exodus 34.7, the Bible says, keeping mercy for thousands. Forgiven iniquity and transgression and sin. But you should underline this in your Bible. You should mark it down and look it up later. And will by no means clear the guilty. God will not just look over your sin. Would you look here just a second? God will not just say, oh, it's okay. That's okay. Don't worry about it. That's not how it works. It's not how it worked in the Old Testament. It's not how it works in the New Testament. And that's not how it works on the cross. Let me explain something to you. If you've sinned against God, something, somehow, some way, your sin will be paid for. In the Old Testament, the story starts all the way back in the, in the Garden of Eden. In the day you eat of this fruit, that day you will surely die. And they did. They were separated from God, cast out of the garden, and an angel was put at the door of the garden not to let them find it and get back in and eat of the tree of life and live forever in that fallen condition. But on that day, when they covered themselves in man's works and what they could do, clothing made out of fig leaves, Jesus came down, killed a lamb, took skins, and covered them and made them a promise. I will stomp that devil's I will win the victory all through the Old Testament when a man sinned against God there's always one answer a substitute a lamb died 
a lamb died. That lamb wasn't really taking the sin. It was a picture of the lamb that was to come. And I just want you to know that you can't get away with your sin. Don't you dare come to Vision Baptist Church and say, man, I am so glad to hear about such a wonderful God. He tells us about his grace and he tells us about his love and he tells us about how he paid for our sin. He paid for your sin, but you must believe him. You must uh, trust that he paid for your sin. It's a matter of you believing that God did that. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life. On the cross, God proved his justice. He said, sin will be paid for. Sin will be paid for. Sin will be paid for. And he did. Let me show you what he did. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know why we sing so many songs and we brag on him and we glorify him? Because my sin was laid on him. And when he hung on the cross and he was dying, he was perfect God, not a thing wrong with him, never sinned one time in his life, but the sins, and he was made sin for us that knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28, the Bible said, So Christ also was once was once offered to bear the sins of many. In First Peter chapter two and verse twenty four, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. He is a justifier of him which believes in Jesus. That's found in Romans three twenty six. Now listen to what I'm going to tell you. you, do you how does a dirty guy get cleaned up? How does a wicked guy get righteous? How does a bad person get made new and just? Jesus is a justifier. Of those which will believe in Jesus. He showed his justice. He said if you sin. You'll die. And by the way. If you're not saved this morning. You are already dead in your sins. You are already condemned. And you're already on to hell. On your way to hell. There's only one way. Trust Jesus. He showed his holiness on the cross. He showed his holiness. On the cross. See God hates sin and on the cross jesus became a curse for us galatians three thirteen, christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it's written cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree and god took our sin and put them on him and all the punishment and the wickedness and the consequence of my sin jesus took on himself and hanging there on that cross you remember how he cried He cried to the Father and says, Why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus paid our sin debt. God was glorified. God was glorified because God himself took our sins on himself. He showed his justice. He showed his holiness. He showed his holiness. And he showed that he was faithful to keep his word. There are 39 books in the Old Testament. And in all 39 books... There's story after story of what God is going to do. In, in, in Exodus and all through your Bible, there's sacrifice after sacrifice from Cain and Abel all the way on to, the, to, to, the, to Jesus. There's a lamb dying. There's blood being shed. And maybe when you read that Old Testament, you'd say, I'm not sure I understand. But in John chapter 1 and verse 29, John the Baptist stood up and pointed as Jesus came across him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, the guy that we've talked about all through the Old Testament, God sent Jesus. He's keeping his word. 
on the cross. Jesus' heel was bruised, but he didn't die. He died three days, but he wasn't eternally dead. And he stomped the devil's head, and we will soon put our feet on his neck. He is a defeated foe, according to the last chapter of Romans. When he came to this earth, said he shall say he shall. It says, says in Matthew one twenty, he shall save his people from their sins. I'd just like to read to you one verse out of Revelation five. It's one of those chapters that'll make you just get so excited about who Jesus is. In Revelation chapter 5, it said, Then they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Jesus. 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 By the way, he proved his love. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. I need to hurry up and finish but he, he, he glorified Jesus on the cross. He glorified God himself in Jesus on the cross and through all he was doing. He proved his holiness and he proved his love and he proved his justice. But that's not all the glory coming. Chapter 13, verse 32. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. God's going to glorify him more. Glory is coming glory is coming jesus looks beyond the cross to see see the joy set before him look at hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 if you would hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despised the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of god you see what happened Jesus knew, I'm fixing to die. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be beaten and mocked and hung on a cross. But I know that on the other side of this, I will raise from the dead. I know that I will send to the Father. And I know I will sit at the right hand of my Father. Glory's coming for me. There was glory on the cross for Jesus because of what he did. There was glory for God while Jesus was on the cross. And there's glory in heaven. There's a day coming. He's already seated at the right hand of the Father. And there's even more glory coming his way. He has even more glory coming the, 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 the way of the Son. The Bible says, the Bible says that he just, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Can you imagine? While they were beating Jesus, while they were plucking the beard from his face, and while they were punching him and saying, why don't you tell us who hit you? And while they hung him up naked on a cross, and everybody walked by shaking their heads and saying, oh, you claim to be such a big guy. Look at you hanging there now. And filthy, dirty, rotten sinners, they cursed him and yelled at him and mocked him from other crosses on either side of him. But Jesus the whole time said, I can take the cross. And I don't care what they say or do to me because I see the joy set before me. I will soon be sitting by my father's right hand once again. I will soon see all of those that will be blood, bought, purchased saints of God. I will soon receive all the honor and the glory that the father has for me. He told him that in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 64. Jesus said unto him, thou hast said, nevertheless I say unto you, hereafter shall you see the son of man sitting on the right hand of Power coming in the clouds of heaven. Last passage of scripture, if you would. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. 
you know what happened? He took off his glory as the Son of God and he laid it down in heaven and all the angels that worshipped him for millions and millions and eons of years from eternity past, he laid that down and he stood up and came down to earth to be born in a nasty, filthy stable to a, to a young peasant girl. And he lived a life like a common man, though he was God in flesh. He limited himself from all of that that he had. And he became humbled and obedient to the Father. And he humbled himself down to such a low point, he was willing to be made like one of his own creations, a man. Not only was he obedient there, he was obedient all the way to death. Not only was he obedient to death, he was obedient to the death of the cross. And here's the promise the Father gave him in Philippians Chapter 2, if you will, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Let me tell you something. He won that day. Let me tell you something. He won that day. Let me tell you that on the cross he was glorified. His father was glorified. And on the cross he knew more glory is coming. The fact is in John 17 and verse 5 he prayed. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self. With the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Before the world was ever started. Before it was ever created. Before you ever got in the picture. He already had glory. Just let me tell you. The book of John's about this. That you might believe that he is the Christ, the Son of God. That you might have eternal life. And if you're a born-again Christian, that you might glorify the Father. That you might glorify the Son. That today you might worship him. When, they, when we were singing songs earlier, and we were singing, glory, glory, he's wonderful, glory, he's wonderful. That ought to be the part that comes out of you. Because you deserve to go to hell. Because you don't deserve to go to heaven. Because you sinned against the holy God. Because God doesn't excuse sin. And everybody will pay for their sin, or somebody else will pay for it. And Jesus paid our sin debt. And today, today, if you're not saved, you can be saved. And if you are saved, you can have victory. There is no reason for you to walk out of here with sin beating you up. There's no reason for you to walk out of here and not be living a holy life. We serve a risen Savior. We serve a risen Savior. We serve someone who got glory on the cross. Let me read to you the passage of Scripture that we started with, and we'll pray. John chapter 13, verse 34, 31. Therefore, when he was going out, when Judas left, Jesus said, Now... That Judas checked out here. Let me just tell you boys something. It's the time. It's here. The Son of Man glorified. Now is the Son of Man glorified. And God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself. And shall straight glorify him. That wasn't a losing day. That wasn't a losing battle. Jesus won all the way. Are you born again? Do you know that your sins have been forgiven? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Can you honestly say, I have trusted what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary? If you haven't, let me tell you, it's not about being baptized. It's not about joining a church. It's not about being a Christian, the way we use it in the South. It's about really knowing Jesus paid your sin debt. Do you know that? If you don't, you can today. 
believe right now. Just tell him, Lord, I trust what Jesus did on the cross. I believe in him. And as a Christian, I would ask you, after all he's done and all the glory the Father's given him, are you still letting sin beat you? You don't have to. You can have victory now. There's not a sin that can whip you. Hey, let me tell you something. Porn has no power. Adultery has no attraction. You can have victory in Jesus. You have, a, you have victory. Don't let sin win. You have glory in Jesus. And soon, he will appear in the clouds. And he will call us out. And we will stand on the clouds with a resurrected, glorified Savior. And what we call the rapture will be taken up into heaven to be with him forever. He is God. He is God. Do you trust him? Father in heaven, would you do a work today? Would you please help your people today to stand for you and against sin? Would you do a work that brings honor to your name? Would you show your power in a real way? Would you magnify yourself, please, today? God, do a work among us. Save somebody and help some Christians today claim the victory that's already theirs through what you did on the cross of Calvary. You have been listening to Austin Gardner, pastor of Vision Baptist Church. For contact information, location, service times, or more audio and video recordings, log on to www.visionbaptist.com.